they're taking what you're saying to them, and they're hoping that you are what you talk. Let's be about everything we drop, because we're going to get tested on it. If, we, if, if the people on the street don't test us on it, God's going to test us on it. Kill the Mockingbird. Truth or Report with Sean Chris and Sebastian Farr. Kick his ass, Steve Ass. What's good with you, man? You good? Yeah, good. Uh, you know, just kind of a chill weekend. Uh, spending a little time with the family. You know. Same here, man. I I just got. I was uh babysitting my nephew, uh, for my brother. You know, so they could go out for a little Valentine's thing. But yeah, I got a. Uh, I was just. Uh, that's what took me a little bit. I was. Uh, putting together the clips I got, and I got some pretty good ones. I got I was like looking through a lot of stuff, and the only two articles I got is one about Robert Kennedy, and then I got one, you know, and then I got a whole little I got one on Bill Gates, but I got some clips to um, back it off. So I don't know, man. Uh, Started off, man. I don't know what you've been digging up. Uh, you know, see what you yeah, got. Yeah, um, I think to the real kind of like big news that came across my debt, like my uh, proverbial desk this week was. Um, from the Daily Wire, I saw U.S. lawmakers are calling on the Department of Justice to open a criminal investigation into New York Democrat Governor Andrew Cuomo for allegedly committing obstruction of justice by intentionally hiding the number of cor- coronavirus deaths that occurred in the state's nursing homes. It goes on later to say, uh, quote, for months, family members, news outlets and lawmakers alike have been calling on the Cuomo administration to report information regarding the Number of nursing home residents who died of COVID-19, including those who died in a nursing home facility or after being transferred to a, another location. And I'm, it's a pretty interesting development, you know. I think it's kind of a just comeuppance, finally. Uh, there was more than just... I heard a little bit about the that. the only governor that did that. Yeah, but, but I think that it's more of like... Uh, a sacrificial lamb thing, like he's the one that hey we got, we messed up and we gotta you know people have to be sacrificed and I think he's gonna probably be one of those casualties but it's gonna be tough because he's a very strong personality, <clears throat> very similar to Trump actually, the way yeah. that he talks to the media, the way he kind of bullies and doesn't take shit like he's very similar. Well, they're both they're both New Yorkers. The New Yorker, yeah, yeah New Yorker persona. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, um, I think another one that's on the chopping block is Newsom, though, with the the recall effort, mm-hmm. which is moving along nicely. Because you know the GOP and the DNC have no problem uh, having sacrifices. You know, having a few sacrifices here and there, as long as they still keep the power. That's the main issue. Is hey, are we going to keep the power? Oh, we are. Oh, okay, then we're good. And you can hear me good, right? Oh yeah. All right, cool. The sounds great right All now. Right, cool, cool. I'm going to start off with a couple clips. I'm going to go off with the, because uh, I, 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 you see that I'm calling this episode Back to Back, because I Drake, I go back to back, because, you know, he went back okay. to back uh, uh, acquittals, man, on both imp- impeachments. So I, I'm sure all the Trump supporters are ecstatic because they're pretty happy. I mean, which they should oh, be. Oh, yeah. But which they should have already known that it was going to be a sham trial. So the first clips I got, I got like pretty much it's all breaking down. Uh, people's reaction to it, and the first one's good old Zanny Nancy. You know what I mean? She's uh, she's pretty pissed. What we saw in that Senate today was a cowardly group of Republicans who apparently have no options 
or because they were afraid to defend their job, respect the institution in which they served. Imagine that it would be vandalized in so many bad ways that I won't even go into here, and that they would not respect their institute. That the president of the Senate, Mike Pence, hang Mike Pence, was the chant, and they just dismissed that. Why? Because maybe they can't get another job. What is so important about any one of us? What is so important about the political survival of any one of us that is more important than our Constitution that we take an oath to protect and defend? And I have the last part, which he says, hey, what's going on? I have the last part where she's kind of like talking more shit, but I thought that was funny. That's why I clipped it there where she said, how, why, how are any of us more important? That's what I've been asking, too. I'm wondering the same thing. Like, And rumor has it. Uh, and I'll show in one of the clips, it kind of does reveal that I guess they were saying, oh, okay, well, we're going to call Nancy Pelosi as a witness then. And then all of a sudden, yeah. everything just, okay, never mind, forget it, let's just throw it away. And everything changed. I thought that was very, very, very interesting. And again, they're still just attacking uh, the American citizens, and they're attacking... Um, you know Trump, but like, who cares about Trump? That's like really kind of small potatoes, but it's just like... And they have the nerves to say that they have, like, they have integrity. We have integrity. Like, we're doing the, we're back in the Constitution. And we're, uh, for this, uh, you know, our forefathers, blah, blah, blah. You know, the, the same rhetoric that we hear. And, uh, you know, then she just goes off and calls them cowards. Look, she... Oh, these cowardly senators who couldn't face up to what the president did and what was at stake for our country are now going to have a chance to give a little slap on the wrist. We censure people for using stationery for the wrong purpose. We don't censure people for inciting insurrection that kills people in the Capitol. At least she said insurrection because everybody keeps saying erection. Shit's so fucking funny, man. I'm like, damn, so many, have, so many people have cock on the mind, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, there's a Freudian slip in there, uh, I think with Schumer's especially. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty hilarious, honestly, but... Um, going back to the overall impeachment trial, uh, it was about as much of a reality TV kangaroo court you could ever see, um, do from doctored evidence to taking clips out of context to not including the full timeline of, you know, Trump hadn't even finished his speech, uh, at the rally before people were already starting to breach the police lines to go into, uh, the Capitol building. Exactly. And he and they left out the the key part of when he was saying, you know, we're gonna go down to the Capitol building and make our voices heard peacefully yeah. and patriotically. They left out the peaceful part, of course. And I think it's just, you know, they're just trying to keep the narrative of, you know, orange man bad for the people who just buy into uh, whatever the media says without doing their own research. Well, especially because now that that. Now that they made Trump such an enemy, a polarizing enemy, that people believe in their hearts of hearts that we we could do anything else. We got to get rid of this guy. He's going to kill us all, and this is going to be Nazi uh, Germany. They they truly believe that. Like I, I swear, man. I talk to them. They, really they do. They do. From the rhetoric, you can tell. Like you know, they've been calling him a fascist and uh, you know 
the orange Hitler for several years now. Yeah. Well, and we always all, I always think it's funny because we all call everybody Hitler, you know? Like, Obama yeah, was Hitler, Bush was Hitler, uh, you know, Clinton, Se- Bush Sr., so on and so forth. But it's still the reality is that obviously he really did piss everybody off. But again, oh, yeah. they feel like they're above us. They're like, hey, man, this happened over here and blah, blah, blah. Like, I think it's crazy because now in my other clip, it's uh, McConnell. And I think McConnell's a coward. And I've always thought he is, and he's a piece of shit. And I think he's starting to, like, have no choice but to reveal it. He tries to hide it the best he can. But, like, I thought this was uh, pretty... That he's disaligned with Nancy Pelosi. That they're on the same level of that um, elite elitism. That we're not on that. And how dare you, uh, chair, to come into this house. You know what I mean? And instead of saying, like, hey, I wonder why people were, were uh, protesting, rioting all summer. Hey, I wonder why people were... Uh, protesting and they were so mad that they wanted to fucking uh, do this, this, and that. No, instead of asking those questions, they go, "Oh no, we gotta, we gotta just, we gotta get these terrorists. That's what we gotta do." And they're basically oh, yeah. saying that the only reason, this is my breakdown of what I think McConnell said, and you can uh, give your input after. I feel like he's saying the only reason we didn't convict Trump is because. Uh, the law is, you know what I mean? The law is a little weird kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it wasn't in the law, so there's nothing we could do. But he was guilty. And here's the clip, what he says. January 6th was a disgrace. American citizens attacked their own government. They used terrorism to try to stop a specific piece of domestic business they did not like. Fellow Americans beat and bloodied our own police. They stormed the Senate floor. They tried to hunt down the Speaker of the House. They built a gallows and chanted about murdering the Vice President. They did this because they'd been fed wild falsehoods by the most powerful man on earth. Because he was angry, he lost an election. Former President Trump's actions preceded the riot for a disgraceful, disgraceful dereliction of duty. The House accused the former president of, quote, incitement. That is a specific term from the criminal law Let me just put that aside for a moment and reiterate something I said weeks ago. There's no question, none, that President Trump is practically and morally responsible for provoking the events of the day. It's it's kind of just like you, you just see it's part of the show. You know what I mean? See how he said, well, let's put that aside so law doesn't matter. So it's like I'm on trial for murder, and they're like, yeah, we can't convict you, but you did it. So like OJ, I guess. Like, I mean, you get off, you get yeah. off. Yeah. It's, it's wild, though. It's like that kind of rhetoric coming out of the quote-unquote leader of the GOP is pretty worrying. Um, you know, that's just kind of along the lines of them saying like, oh, you know, the electoral college is – served his purpose uh only nine uh seats on the supreme court have served his purpose we need to change the system uh just to 
and go against kind of the founders and the constitution to make it suit the left agenda. And that's the worrying thing is when you have, you know, the leader of the GOP, the establishment GOP anyway, um, kind of going along with it really from what I like interpret from that. Yeah. And it kind of acknowledges what we always talk about that. There's just a one party system. Like it really yep. acknowledges that, that they obviously pl- they, they work together. There may be some people that are in the party that have good intentions, but as a whole, DNC, GOP, both absolutely corrupt, absolutely in bed with donors, absolutely in bed with oligarchs. And that's just not even looking at conspiracy, uh, you know, being conspiratorial. That's just fact. That's a fact. We all yeah. know that. There's been jokes since we were born about corrupt politicians and, you know, getting money in a... Uh, uh, in their pocket to get what you want. Now, I got a reaction from one of the, uh, I guess they're, they must be a white, I mean, a Congress staff member or of some sort that helped with the impeachment of some sort. And she was on CNN. And I thought it was pretty interesting. Again, um, they're trying to blame it on, you know, it, it's that scapegoat mentality that they have. They got They got played because... They were like, oh, we got Trump. And then they go, oh, we're going to call Nancy Pelosi as a witness. And then they backed off. And now they're saying, well, it's not because we didn't. It's not about the witnesses. It's about um, cowards. You know, senators being cowards. 57 to convict, 43 to acquit. But Donald Trump basically walked. What's your reaction? Um, Heartbreaking for those of us who put and not just the impeachment managers, but for the staff, professionals just working around the clock, as well as the American people. It's frustrating, Um, but the founders knew what they were doing, and so we live with the system that we have. Um, But thankfully, it was bipartisan, the greatest majority voting uh, to convict a president, as well as the American people seeing truly who Donald Trump was. Uh, You and your fellow House impeachment managers wanted to call Republican Congresswoman Herrera Butler from Washington State as a witness to describe Kevin McCarthy's call with Trump in which the president effectively sided with the terrorists while the attack was going on. Take a listen. This is what she told a a town hall. He said, well, Kevin, these are my people. You know, these these are Antifa. And Kevin responded and said, no, they're your people. You need to call them off. And the president's response to Kevin, to me, was chilling. He said, well, Kevin... I guess they're just more upset about the election, uh, you know, theft than you are. I mean, siding with the terrorists while they were attacking the Capitol. You also wanted to subpoena her notes of that call. Um, But ultimately, Democrats did neither of those things and accepted the public statement she'd made. Why did you back down? I think we didn't back down. I think what we did was we got what we wanted, which was her statement, which was what she said and had it put into the record and being able to say it on the record out loud so that others would hear. Just so the American public is aware, witnesses in a Senate hearing do not come and stand before the senators and make any statements. It's a deposition, it's videotaped, and that is brought before the Senate. So I know that people are feeling a lot of angst and believe that maybe if we had this, the senators would have done what we wanted. But listen, we didn't need more witnesses. We needed more senators with spines. That's pretty much That's interesting <laughs> for sure. Um, just going back to like uh, the the whole um, you know calling out the loyalties of 
all senators saying like it's wild how they just get people to go along with this narrative like it's it i find it incredible that they got seven republican senators to turn on that vote but going back to the witnesses thing the reason why they turned uh or changed their mind on that so quickly was i think the intention was from trump's defense to bring forward like pelosi kamala harris and various other Democrat establishment uh, congressmen and women to expose them for, you know, they were the ones questioning the election back from 2016 and coming up with this whole Russia fabrication. Um, For years we went through that. And then not to mention all the calls for violence and, you know, all the various kind of uh, inciting rhetoric. I mean, they were, they were, actually guilty of inciting rhetoric quite frequently through the Trump uh, term rather than like from what he said in his speech. I didn't see that much incitement. Yeah, it was uh, it's pretty much like what you hear uh, standard uh, political rally. And I saw a super clip. I didn't I didn't get it. But there was a super clip of like kind of just a bunch of like different uh, Democratic people saying uh, you got to fight like hell because I was. That was the re- uh, the words that supposedly incited violence. But to me, I, I agree with you that they know that they were in the, that they, they couldn't beat them. They couldn't. There's no way, any way, even if they didn't do that route, they would still wouldn't have won. But that's what you do in a court of law. You go back and you say, hey, in 1976, da-da-da happened. You know what I mean? Because of this law and da-da-da. And then they're acting like that's not law. Like that's not part. They're like, no, yeah, he got away with it, but because it was, because it wasn't, you know, a law. And you're like, what? <laughs> well, then, then, then he didn't because they know they would have been charged exactly like him. And now I'm like, though, people are saying, does this set a precedent, you know, to get past people? And people are talking about, does that mean that they could go after uh, former Secretary of State uh, Hillary Rodham Clinton? <laughs> Uh, uh, we can only dream, you know, you know, this is never going to get used against the uniparty and the establishment politicians, the really high power, like, uh, top tier of the cartel, uh, the ones with the most corruption, they're never going to face that kind of scrutiny. There's no, there's not going to be an inquisition from the establishment, you know, politicians against themselves. Yeah, for sure. I know. And that's, and that's the thing that we have to remember. That it's going to always be like that. Like, unfortunately, that's not much. I mean, we could vote and we could uh, work together, that kind of stuff. But if we're, like, dreaming that these parties are going to somehow change overnight, we need new parties. That's plain and simple. It doesn't matter. Like, this has showed you that whether you like Trump or not, the DNC and the GOP are, they they need to be, uh, they're obsolete. They're old. They're outdated. Yeah. Um they're the reason why we're not green right now. It's funny that they're pushing this whole Green New Deal thing, but the reason why we're still so far behind in technology and we could have all been had solar panels and electric cars. Electric car has been like was invented in the 20s or 30s. These are things that have already been in the pipeline, but because of people like them, they've stopped it. And then they turn it around and blame it on us. They go, oh, well, these people, man, they just want... So we're the ones causing all the pollution, not them flying their jets all over. Yeah, especially when they go to, like, have their rallies and kind of rally their base around these. um... But, you know, the left and 
the globalists in general have the I don't understand how their supporters can go through that level of mental gymnastics to kind of stick along with the Orwellian doublespeak that contradicts the actual facts and current events of what's happening in our world. It's it's wild. Yeah, for sure. And that that's pretty much my rap on the whole um, impeachment hearing. I was just kind of like, I know there was, uh, unfortunately, there's a great, there's some great clips from uh, one of Trump's lawyers. I had it, but... Uh, you know, I was babysitting and stuff. I got to get, I'm going to get a little bit more on the clips. I, like I said, that's why, like, now we're kind of changing the format. I think that would change it too. And then that way we could focus. I think I was taking more time trying to focus on the show and try, like, try to build it a certain way. But, um, yeah, he really, he kind of shut them down. But I just wanted to kind of highlight the, the people that are crying and, uh, you know, so upset about this that we all knew was going to happen. The outcome was going to happen. Like, I don't get it. Like, what? where did they think? I know they don't really think that. I know it's all show, but it's just funny because their supporters and constituents uh, believe what they say and eat it up. Yeah, I feel like the rhetoric and kind of the the anger about it coming out of the actual media and the the leftist politicians that are going after Trump, they're just trying to keep the narrative going along, I think. Yeah. And to keep yeah. the heat off of Biden, because there's been a lot of stuff that's been coming up about, you know, 52 executive orders now, I think there might be more. Um, and all these various policies he double backed on and kind of isn't following through for the people that voted for him is it's interesting. You know, there there this is a very convenient screen for the Biden administration. Yeah, it, that's what that's what it seems. It's a it's a great uh, cover. It's been great cover. So what else have besides the impeachment and let, uh, what else have you been uh, digging around in? Yeah, I've kind of been avoiding that just because <laughs> I feel like it's a smokescreen in general. Yeah. But uh, and we've touched and everybody has danced all over it. It's not like it hasn't been covered. <laughs> yeah, it's been talked about quite a bit. Uh, one interesting story I heard from over across the pond. Okay, so from uh, the Guardian in the UK, <clears throat> Fury at the do not resuscitate notices given to COVID patients with learning disabilities. People with learning disabilities have been given the do not resuscitate orders during the second wave of the pandemic. In spite of widespread condemnation of the practice last year and an urgent investigation by the care watchdog, MenCap said it had received reports in January from people with learning disabilities that they had been told they would not be resuscitated if they were taken ill with COVID-19. The Care Quality Commission said in December that inappropriate do not attempt cardiopulmonary resuscitation notices had caused potentially avoidable deaths last year. So I would recommend people go and read the full article, but basically to break it down, they are pushing the uh to not resuscitate people who have uh special needs or special like learning disabilities if they you know succumb to covid and and that's a pretty dark story and i hate to bring like down the mood a little bit like that but it's a story it needs to be talked about for sure and my question is is how long has that been going on and Couple that with kind of the Cuomo story we went over earlier with, you know, putting COVID patients into nursing homes. Um, there's a genuine, genuine genocide going on from the actual globalist uh, 
you know, WHO kind of new world order. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's what's unfolding. I read a little bit about that article myself too, a couple other ones that yeah, and it goes back to what you were saying about the whole Cuomo thing, that there this is a huge scandal. And I think we're going to find more and more as the years go on. It's because they're covering up at now, but eventually it's going to leak out. And some hat, some information has, and they're trying to keep a wraps on it. But you're right. It's, it's pretty awful that they would even consider like this as that as an option. You know what I mean? To like, just like, oh, no, no, it's not our fault. And then you saw Cuomo straight up when all this was happening that he said, well, don't blame me. Blame the federal government. But you're in charge of that state. <laughs> you chose to uh, run for governor. Yeah, and it's wild because all these like Democrats and globalist shills that are going along with all this, you know, they blame like people who are going against the narrative of just being far right Nazis and nationalists and all that, and they are the actual Nazis who are the eugenicists. <laughs> just look at their actions. It's it's incredible Orwellian doublespeak and. It takes a little bit of, uh, you know, you have to be really on top of your awareness of the propaganda. Yeah, for sure. That's that's 100%. You got to be aware of what's going on. It looks like now your feet is a little on my scent. Uh, you're good, but you're breaking up like you're um, not clear anymore as far as your picture and your voice is a little bit. Uh, I don't know if your internet like or something clicked off. Interesting, man. That's what I'm saying. Like, and, and, no, my internet. Yeah, I know. I, I had a feeling. I, now you're see. Now you're cleared back up. I mean, who knows? I, I, I mean, I'm just speculating because obviously, like, they took our song off Deep State. That's pretty crazy. Like to me, that's, like, that's true censorship. Like, they're saying that it's harassment, but I'm like, okay, and I get it because I'm saying specific names, but I'm like, are you gonna take down all the Eminem songs then? Like, he talks mad shit on people and says all kinds of crazy shit. He talks about killing his fucking baby mama that he actually, uh, like, knows. Like, I don't know Hillary Clinton. I don't know Bill Gates. You know what I mean? Like, for me to actually have to... And I don't even threaten them. The only one that I did threaten was the Podesta. I said, like, uh, blast a pedal like Podesta. But other than that, like, I'm like, so we can't watch movies? Like, is it entertainment? Like... What is it then? Like, are you saying that every song is factual? Like, I don't get it. That's what's so weird to me is like, I understand that like, okay, you're messing with us because we're trying to think we're some kind of news thing. Okay, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? You can fuck with us on that level. But then it's like on entertainment. Like, so if I make a movie, like I can't say anything. And what about all the people? And same thing with this whole, um, what's it called? Um, election thing. Like, at one point, yeah, that people still think that uh, with that JFK was assassinated. Like, are those people like those people don't believe that that you know? So that's what I just don't get it. Like, they're how they're making such a fuss into it. It's kind of uh, uh, crazy to me. Um, I think uh, hopefully this is the right clip. I'm gonna try to run into this clip. I don't know if you you probably don't watch it because I don't either. But someone sent it to me. Uh, SNL again. They keep talking about QAnon. They will not shut the fuck up about QAnon. That's all they talk, like, they keep making fun of it. And this one was very weird to me. So, like, I'm going to set it up. And basically, they're saying, okay. like, uh, it's this chick. She's from Ohio, but she's dressed like a witch. And huh. she's like, yeah, well, you're just a normal person. So, that like, that's the whole thing. So, keep that in mind that she's dressed like a witch. And that's the joke. That's their joke for this. It's pretty telling, too, that they uh, think it's funny that... Um, because they act, they're 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 desensitizing people that like this, 
whether you believe QAnon or not, it doesn't matter because there is child trafficking rings. It's a real thing. It's not a fake thing. 100%. And I think they're desensitizing people to, to help it the way they're it is a member of QAnon. Of Please welcome Stephanie Green. Very good to be here together. Yes, well, thank you for being here, Stephanie. You, you said you're a single gal from Ohio? Uh, yes, that's right. Normal gal. I work in an office for business. Uh, coffee, pencils, the whole nine, yes. Uh huh. And, and you're a member of QAnon? Oh, big time, yes. Q all the way. And, and what is QAnon all about? Okay, oh, listen, have you heard this? Oh, yes. QAnon says there is an underground ring of very bad people. They gather to undermine Trump and to steal elections and to eat children. I hear that and I'm like, whoa, where? Yeah, well, it's a very disturbing theory. So what do you do with QAnon? Yes, we, we try to get to the bottom of things. The, uh... <laughs> This underground cabal, what's the deal? Who's part of it? How do you get an invite? Is it, is it reservations or is it open table? Are there enough, are there enough children to go around? Do you eat them on site or do you take them home? Are there dipping sauces? There's so much, so much to uncover. Right, yeah, it sounds like you're pretty focused on the eating children part of human. Yes, oh, it's terrible. Yeah, I gotta get down there to stop them. I will grab those children right out of their mouths and take them to my house. My house is made of candy. It's in the woods. And then, and then I'll eat them. I mean, I kill them. How, how am I doing? <laughs> Not great. No. Unbelievable. Like, uh, it's, it's wild. Like, the level of... It's almost like they're trying to you know, dial up the psychological warfare to 11 and kind of play mind games with people who are very kind of, you know, you and I, we like we were saying before, the clip, we are both well aware that there are uh, international child trafficking rings and sex trafficking and child trafficking, human trafficking in general is quite a um, at a massive scale in our current timeline. And it's what, like, it's I just can't really comprehend, like, the level of depravity these people need to have to actually like kind of make fun of that as a whole. Imagine if you're a kid who got out of tra child trafficking and you see that. If you were rescued from, uh, you know, some situation where you were trafficked and you saw that and they're making fun of the whole situation. Or if, or if you're in, yeah, yeah, or if you're in that situation because there's trafficking where they're still Absolutely. going to school and stuff like that, you're definitely not going to speak out because you're like, people are just going to make fun of it. I'm not going to even say it. Maybe this is normal. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're normalizing it intentionally or intentionally. I'm not saying they're doing them. I don't know. I know they're trying to just think they're, you know, we're getting the right. Yeah, we got them. Like, I just think it's crazy. And you know what? It's the funniest part is this one, a couple people I saw super offended. You know what they were offended about? They were like, I'm just tired of people, you know, I'm a Wiccan, and you're putting this girl as a witch. I'm like, what? That is what you got out of this, man? But fuck the children part, right? That's cool. Like, she's talking about eating children. Like, obviously, like, she's trying to make it sound crazier, but really what they're talking about and what this whole thing uh, with a lot of the people I talked about, Q, I mean, I know there's people that believe in the adrenochrome, which could be possible. I've seen stuff on it. I don't really... 
know particularly what it actually is, like how much is it a real compound, like or not. But most of them know and pushed about the whole uh, sex trafficking thing, and the rings that have been uh, dissembled in the last few years have been pretty significant. And they, even that one where the FBI agent recently, the two of them got killed. That was, and they didn't say it in Only the news. Like they wouldn't say news. it, but some of the news places, yeah, and Fox, I think Fox said it. But like all the lefts, they were just saying, "Oh, two uh, FBI." They weren't saying about the yeah. uh, what it, they were there for. It was a, uh, I think it was a porn, like a. It was a production operation. I'm not quite. So pretty much the darkest uh, rungs of that sort of depravity you could run into, really. Yeah, and they're just constantly like attacking like people like me and you. I feel that if we because we speak out against different shit, like we're not thinking the same as everybody else. Like we're calling people out and I don't, I know that they don't like it. And and we're small time on that compared to like other people. At least there is some people that are uh, big speaking out. And I do got a clip later. I want you to uh, jump a couple stories, but I got a clip about that later. Someone big that kind of spoke out. That was pretty good to me. One, actually one of my, uh, 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 mentor, not my mentors, because obviously I don't know the motherfucker, but one of the people I look up to and respect right. and kind of model myself after. Um, n- another interesting story that I came across this week was um, coming from the Gateway Pundit. The Biden National Security Council is planning on having the na- having National Guard troops continue to occupy the nation's capital through the end of the year, according to a report by WTTG TV Fox 5 in Washington. Uh, additionally, active duty and reserve troops are being considered for rotations and deployments. So interesting uh, kind of development. It kind of, For me, I think it's an omen of darker times to come, potentially. What kind of administration needs to do 50-plus uh, executive orders, and then, you know, they're pushing all sorts of unconstitutional laws like the the gun bill that they Biden's been talking about having Congress kind of go, go for. And I think they're just going to really push the envelope and go after uh, our civil liberties like never before. I think they feel very confident in their position. That's uh, interesting said about the whole new gun law they're talking about. I was looking into that too, and it's talking about that gun manufacturers uh, would be liable for the violence. But then I'm like, yeah, vaccine manufacturers are not liable for the deaths. So you're saying that someone shoots somebody, that is the gun the, the gun manufacturer's fault. But if uh, a vaccine kills you, that's not the va- uh, vaccine yeah. manufacturer's fault. It's interesting crazy hypocrisy right there. Um, you know, they're just going to go after uh, any civil liberties that they feel like are a threat to the establishment, and they've done it successfully with the First Amendment, and now they're coming after the Second Amendment. Yeah, they have. And, and that's what uh, somebody else I was hearing, I forgot what podcast, but... Uh, I was hearing a lot of people break it down, and that was one of the breakdowns they were saying. I think it was at Robert Barnes. Um, he's on Infowars sometimes. He's a lawyer. He's the lawyer the uh, for the COVID-19 kid. He was one of the lawyers on the COVID-19 kid's case. And he was talking about that they're basically they're trying to uh, play these games to see what they could get away with so they can... Uh, they're trying to wipe their ass with the Constitution and, and make 
a joke out of it, that it doesn't mean anything. That they, they, they're finding loopholes where they could try to do this and that. You know what I mean? And they're just playing games. Where, uh, yeah, where they can and if control. you look at the legislation for the gun bill, it's a lot of it, uh, for one, is the psychological background checks for any uh, person trying to buy a gun. Well, you know, they're, they're very slippery with their language there on the left. Uh, being of questionable mind is going to be uh, defined by them. And so they're going to go after people that are probably not leftists <laughs> or outside of that, that thought bubble. And on top, oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Or if you say anything, he posted like, something like, like a, a, a spicy meme back in 2015. Probably not going to be able to buy a gun if they go through with this. <laughs> it's wild. And then the argument oh, is, yeah. well, we don't need guns. And I'm like, okay. I, like, people are like, well, who are we fighting against? So I'm like, do you understand that people in power can only do so much when they know? That there's a possibility yeah. that the citizens can rise up. The reason why they're doing this whole impeachment thing, the reason they're making a whole show out of all this is because they're trying to show us, oh, like, yeah. hey, get in line. Get the fucking line. Remember who you are. Remember who's the boss. We'll fucking do this. We'll do that. We can make your life miserable. Do you want your... And, and they have the support of people who go, yeah, they have the best interests. They have our best interests at mind. And you no matter, there's those diehards no matter what. You can bring up any information you want. And to me, I was thinking this uh, this weekend. I was like, isn't it kind of interesting? I always was like on the terms of where back in the days where I was like, you know, I got to get these uh, these Republicans and these conservatives to start thinking on my side because most of the, uh, at that time, a lot of the liberals were kind of like siding with us. Like, yeah, yeah, you're right. The government fucking sucks. Yeah, da, da, da. And now it's oh, yeah. totally flipped to 180. And it's the... The, the conservatives are more like on on like, yeah, man, this conspiracy truther uh, politicians are corrupt level. And the the Dems are on, on the other side of it. They're on the GOP side, the law and order side. It's just so weird how it keeps flip-flopping, though. It's not like every four years or every eight years. Now it's been like every so often, man, on every different – depending on the subject and Absolutely. depending on who's you know, the there's been a massive shift in the, as they say, the Overton window. Um, the left has become so radical and kind of dragging uh, the, the furthest, uh, most extreme thoughts on uh, various issues that it forces everyone kind of into that further leftist, more radical sphere of things and thinking, um, which kind of uh, transitions nicely into the next article I have from uh, Zero Hedge, one of our personal okay. favorites here on uh, Kill the Mockingbird oh, yeah. Productions. Uh, the Biden Justice Department, uh, the Biden Justice Department, excuse me, the Biden Justice Department on Friday formally appealed to the British judge's rejection of the U.S. request to extradite Julian Assange, confirming the new administration's intent to run with its predecessor's espionage charges against the WikiLeaks publisher, despite warnings that the case endangers press freedoms around the world. Yes, we filed an appeal and we are continuing to pursue extradition. Mark Raimondi, uh, a Justice Department spokesperson, told AFP on Friday. The deadline for the U.S. appeal, uh, Judge Vanessa Beretzer's, uh ruling from last month. So mm, it's just a pretty disturbing development, you know, more bad news, unfortunately. But uh, opportunity missed, honestly, for Trump to pardon him. And 
that's gonna that should really oh, yeah. ring true in a lot of the truther community's mind uh that he had plenty of chance to do it and he didn't and you know i know they're gonna argue um their supporter his supporters will argue that well he's trying for you know he has 2024 but to me it the, it shouldn't matter doing the right thing should always be that's the point of running in my opinion being a public servant you're not being a public servant to be like, I want to stay in this forever. You should be there. Hey, I'm here to fix. You know who's a good example of this? Jesse yeah. Ventura. Jesse Ventura is a perfect example. He said, hey, uh, they need some help in my uh, hometown, my home state. He went in, did his thing, fixed the best he could, uh, made some waves, got out. That's what it should be. But these people want to make it a career. And that's crazy. I'm not saying Trump. Obviously, Trump's not trying to make a career out of it. But I think that he's being advised oh, you know, by the wrong people. You know, Kushner told and him you not tell, to do it. Oh, not just him, but even like his um, uh, his last um, uh, what's it called? Um, yeah. Campaign manager. I thought they did horrible on the campaign because he should have focused. He tried to uh, run uh, Donald Trump as a politician. That was horrible. That was a stupid mistake. You should have ran him on the same platform that he did on 2016 about draining the swamp, about pointing out corruption. Because if you noticed, after uh, the election, he was talking, remember, he was talking about the bill and pointing out all that. If he did that the whole time, I guarantee you, nothing they would have did would have prevented him from becoming president because people would have been like, you know what? I don't care anymore. At least they would have been at that point. But he didn't. And I thought that that was a bad approach. And that's why I think they lost the election, uh, fraud or not, whatever. They, I think that was the key that, that no one's focusing on is that that was a stupid move, that he was trying to out-politic uh, a career politician. That's not his game. His game was, hey, fuck you. I'm an outsider. I don't give a shit. And when they try to make him a politician, I think it turns some people off, like people like me maybe or, you know, people, not necessarily me, but I mean people that are in the oh, category. Yeah. Um, I think you have a good point there. Um as well as, like, there were some other things I think people could take issue with. Um, he wasn't very strong on uh, protection of the Second Amendment, as we saw with the bump stock ban. So, there and there's other policy issues, too. You know, the criticism from Trump that he gets on certain points is valid, but that's never what the mainstream media focuses on, unfortunately. It's always kind of hyperbolic uh, political rhetoric. And yeah. that's what makes it hard because no one's really getting a clear. You're like, they're more pushing the whole he's a racist thing. And I'm like, well, even when he was running, I was like, they go, what? People ask me why I don't want to vote for him. It had nothing to do with if I think he's a racist. More to me, I don't know the guy, but I look at it as like, well, he's a businessman. Like, his friends aren't working in a warehouse like me. Like, what does he know about the common man? And what I know a lot about Trump is that he screwed a lot of people over on money. You know, he didn't pay people. He. Uh, you know, and, and over the years of, like, you know, uh, having contractors and stuff like that, like, watched countless documentaries, and I'm talking about before, like, you know, uh, he was even thinking about running, or at least publicly, and obviously some of the documentaries are biased, but just seeing how he was and he carried himself, I just never particularly liked the way he was, and I felt like he's an elitist asshole, and I think that uh, Jimmy Dory says this all the time. He said this for the whole four years, and I think it's true that the reason they hate him is because they are him. They hate Trump yeah. because they are um, him. But he was pretty, like, he would kind of in clever ways kind of drop these little subtle red pills exposing 
them for that exact point you're bringing up is like, you know, he was willing to say, oh, like, we just made a massive arms deal to Saudi. It's going to be so great uh, to Saudi Arabia. Um, they're going to get by all our all our uh, produced, uh, you know, various uh, military industrial complex goods. And he was just kind of highlighting uh, stuff that probably the establishment politicians wouldn't have talked about. And maybe in kind of a roundabout way, also with Syria, he's like, oh, we do have troops on the ground in Syria, but don't worry, they're there protecting the oil fields. And it just kind of was a nice way of him kind of not saying he was like powerless against the system, but also kind of signaling like that he was. Yeah, and that that was the hard part that we discussed even like through up to the election where it was like, well, it's hard to tell because one moment you're like, yeah, nope, this guy, look, he did this wrong, you know, and you look about the people he's connected with, the Kissingers, he has some Rothschild connections, he has some other, you know, obviously the Clintons. We don't know their, con- I mean, they have pictures together, they've obviously went to each other's weddings, stuff like that, but doesn't mean they're still friends. And then he would drop some stuff like you're saying and you're like, <laughs> man so it, it was so split and but the thing that sold it for me is like that uh not that i wouldn't vote for him in 2024 because he had an opportunity when everything was on the table and i know that his team told him not to do it but like you said man julian assange man i'm glad that you brought that article because julian assange is not talked about enough that what's got to be in jail for journalism yeah. that's crazy this whole fake uh, uh, yeah. Russia hoax was a hoax, and he's in. He's paying. Yeah, the price most for that. definitely. And you know, he wasn't the one that actually leaked the information. He's just the publisher, and that's why um, it's a threat to actual journalism and the truther community in general. And that's why, like, because I, you saw me like during the election, you saw me more kind of leaning, like I don't know, you know what I mean? Because like. I just don't like either party because they're obviously one and the same. Obviously one and the same. No difference. And people were trying to push me like, oh, man, you know, you don't want the Democrats in power. And then I, I just stuck to my guns because I'm like, I'm not going to vote for either uh, party. But then I'll go, okay, well, he has a chance to show that maybe he's not like them and that he's not controlled and this and that. But what happens? He doesn't uh, He doesn't do it. He had Snowden and uh, uh, Julian that he could have uh, pardoned. That he could have put out there, and he should have. And we already knew because Biden called him a, a, a terrorist back. He called him a digital terrorist a long time ago. We knew yeah. he, that he's going to go after him because he can expose everybody. All his, all that's war crimes for him, Obama, uh, Bush, Cheney. I mean, all those you know, things so he exposed so was leading, uh, major leading factors for people to that were not willing to vote for Clinton. Especially like the Benghazi stuff oh, and sure. the you know the way we conducted ourselves in Iraq and various other countries that we were occupying for the last few decades, it seems now. Um, it's wild. Uh, I got a couple more stories, but I think we were about on that hour mark. It's up to you, man. I, I got a couple. Uh, let me yeah. let me run a couple clips real quick. I'm gonna run a short clip on uh, some coronavirus uh, that I don't know if people know about, like. Now they're talking about that uh, domestically we're probably going to have to have uh, proof to fly to have a, co- a negative COVID test. 
And the Biden administration is considering a rule that would require a negative COVID test for domestic air travel. Opponents argue people could still take trains, buses or cars between states. They always try to come up with something that like, oh, well, people got other other options. I think that's going to be crazy. Um, and then I wanted to go off this. This is one that really got uh, good for me. I'm a huge Dave Chappelle fan, man. Always been a Dave Chappelle fan. I think that he calls it a way. He he talks about life like a way that's like just so perfect. Like for me, like he, it, it puts it where you're like, oh, I understand that. Like I get what he's saying. And he kind of went off a little bit because people were criticizing him for going to moving to Texas. Well, he didn't move to Texas, but he's staying in Texas for right now and because they're allowing him yeah. to do shows. He's yeah. a comedian. That's what he does. And he goes, I can't wait till 2022. So here's a little clip of him. I don't know if you saw it. If anybody hasn't seen it yet, go to his page. Uh, uh, I think it's called God Forgive Me. I'm not sure. But uh, he has a little 10-minute segment of it, and it's really good. Also, it was good at the end. I didn't clip this part, but... Uh, one of his previous stand-up things that he put out, he had asked us, and I like it because he acknowledges that the power is with us, the people. And he goes, I came out here and I asked my bosses. My boss is you guys. And he goes, can you guys not watch Dave Chappelle, uh, 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 the Chappelle show, because, you know, they're screwing him over. And people go, well, he signed a contract. But he was a young kid, signed a contract. Um, he created everything. It's not like he was just some actor. They created that show. And he couldn't even use the name The Chappelle Show. Well, uh, we uh, that's another good point to show that the power of people, people will go, okay, Chappelle, we love you, man. We ain't watching it. I didn't watch it one bit. And guess what? They came forward and they broke him off his money. And now he has the name to his show. Because he went to the real power. You can go to this, you can say what you want about these so-called leaders and all that. But we are the real power, the people. And uh, he kind of goes off about the coronavirus because he got the coronavirus. And, you know, because he was doing shows still, people obviously went after him on the left. Now, you guys might have seen in the news that I caught coronavirus recently. And, and then I did. Whoops. <laughs> I did. Because in the beginning of the pandemic, I talked to a guy in the live entertainment business and I said, when can we go back to work? He said, probably sometime in 2022. And I said, there's no fucking way I can wait that long. And I just tried to find a way that I could work. You see what we've been doing. All of you who had to endure this invasive test and wear these masks just so we could be out and hang out and be together. I tried. And after all these months, after doing all these shows, God damn it, my number was up, and then I had the Rona. Oh. <laughs> Cowards rejoice at a time like this because they're so invested in being afraid. And when I said I had the coronavirus, the overwhelming majority of people wished me well. Said, we hope you get better, take care of yourself. We don't want anything bad to happen to you. But there was a faction of people the cowards who said, you see that, Dave Chappelle? That's why we stay inside where it's safe and we never try anything. Well, enjoy yourselves, motherfuckers, because I'm better now. Wow, that's good, man. <laughs> I haven't heard that. I have to look into it. Um... I'll send you the link. I got I got the link. I'll send nice. it right to you. Um, I, I, I... Actually, the homie right there... Uh... Showed me it. He sent me it. Uh, Woke and Baked, the podcast. Shouts out to them, man. They got a little nice podcast. Nice. I hopped on that uh, the other weekend. I'll have to check them out. 
Um, it's funny that you brought up Chappelle. I, I was actually just watching um, some of his original episodes from like way back in the day, and man, how like, how, like how could anyone get away with that level of humor in this day and age now with cancel culture? Like, it wouldn't be possible. Oh my god. Um, I was watching like one of the first episodes where he had like he was depicted as uh, himself as like yeah. Clayton Bigsby, Bigsby. <laughs> man, that was wild, dude. And yeah. that could never fly these days. But I think that's a kind of set like humor. We actually need to kind of de-escalate some of the tension we have in society now. But unfortunately, it's uh, not appropriate. But what's been beautiful is that like Chappelle, uh, during like his new uh, reemergence, you know, after he took some time off and kind of got. Uh, you know, that everybody tried to make him seem like he was crazy. I don't know why, but he's like, man, I don't want to do this anymore. I didn't like the fame. Whatever. Who cares if someone doesn't want to do it? But he came back, and every he's so one of a kind. And and not just, he's hilarious, but now he's like, now that he's older, he's just like, he's not only just funny, but I can just listen to him, and I'm like, man, he's so right, man. Like, just hearing him, whether he's breaking down, like, uh, uh, the racial divides, like, I think, like, like peace, I wish more politicians thought like him, where he can, like, break it down into a format where he sees it logically, where he's like, well, yeah, this is fucked up, and this is, like, he sees it and breaks it down, and I liked how he called people cowards, I was like, you know, hey, you're gonna stay inside, he's like, I get it, we're all going through it, but I'm trying to better myself and better my life and continue what I love to do, this is what I love to do, that, the only reason he does is because he loves it. He could do movies if he wanted to, like any other, you know, people, I'm sure he gets offers. He's doing what he loves. Yeah. And people want to shit on that. It's sad. It's, uh, you know, the fear propaganda has gone to a lot of people's heads and they go along with it and they say, oh, you're killing grandma if you just going out and practicing your craft, basically. It's the, it's the the death of the individual. It's basically communism in a way. Oh, yeah, it's uh, putting a stop to, and then especially when he's doing, to me, in my opinion, such a service, because I believe if there was more stand-up right now, there would be less violence, because people need outlets, whether it's comedy or going to the club or a concert, that's what people need. Well, look how, look how much Tim Dillon has blown up, because oh, yeah. he's been still, still, you know, practicing his art. Yeah, and, and, and it's... Well, his uh, his comedy style is like exactly perfect for his uh, <laughs> podcasting. It's like the same, like yeah. that ranting, fucking talking shit, man. Like, yeah, and he blew up, man, and and good for him, man. Shots out, and you know who too? Also, Andrew Schultz. Uh, Andrew Schultz uh, uh, got a lot from all this. But there's so many people like that, like we talked about um, when the Pete Davidson thing happened, where those comics that had have the money are being like, oh, clubs shouldn't open and they shouldn't do this. But a lot of these, they, they're not looking out for the other comics that make their money from the road, like a living. Yeah. Or they make thirty, forty thousand yeah. $40,000 on the road or even more sometimes, $100,000 depending on like their level. And yeah, luckily they have podcasting, a lot of them, but there's a lot that don't or that they have the podcasting but it hasn't picked up traction yet because they're still trying to develop their craft and all that. And they're getting, they're getting crushed like the because the comedy clubs are are all small businesses there's not like a i mean i don't think there's any chains the only chain is still uh you know small business and there's only like four or five like you know what i mean yeah they're all localized exactly and kind of individual businesses but 
it, it's very true that there's a massive ripple effect from you know banning these types of live shows it has a massive impact on local economies that would you know get a lot of traffic from people coming into town as tourists to see these shows well to me also increase of so, violence because like I said, people aren't yeah. having releases, whether it's your release for being on stage, whether you're a musician, a comic, an actor, whether it's your release from just being like an average Joe that works whatever kind of job and you want to go to the bar, you want to go to the club, you want to go to a concert, you want to go unwind and get away from this same uh, pattern of where you wake up, go to work, go home, wake up, go to work, go to home, wake up, go to work, go to home. You know what I mean? Like, I think that pattern, for me personally, I would say, yeah, that pattern sucked this whole year. Like, I, uh, the last past year, I don't think I only went out, like, ten times. Like, and that's including before coronavirus. Probably only two times versus coronavirus. And not because I'm scared uh, or anything like that. It's just that I don't want to deal with stupid rules. I'm going to have to because I'm flying out to uh, to Cali, uh, SoCal, oh. in, in March. Uh, I'm going to do some music videos and stuff like that. And I'm like, fuck, man, I'm going to have to wear that mask for four hours on that flight, man. Like, there's no, I already know there's no getting around it, man. I already looked everything. There's no. You can road trip it, dude. I know, yeah, but I. It'll take, it'll take like two days, yeah, but you can do it. Nah, but then work, you know what I mean? The only reason is because of work, oh, you know, because yeah. I have to be back to. Take more time yeah, off, then man. I have to take more time off. And that's the only reason, like, man, that's why the goal is, man, five years from now, like, I hope to be just doing all kinds of different podcasts and uh, music, and then I can travel wherever I want. I don't have to be at anybody's will, but at this moment, I'm still at their their will, and it was a cheap flight, so I took it, but I'm going to have to do the stupid mask thing, nice. so we'll see how that works out. Hopefully, I'm not on the no-fly list. <laughs> Well, it's a good way to find out if I'm on it. Yeah. Just let me know how uh, your your check goes. Yeah, for <laughs> sure, man. It's going to be... We'll see how it goes, man. But I think it'll be all right. I mean, I'm going to manage it. I'll just... I mean, I'm pretty good at being charming. Like, I always tell people, I understand there's a lot of uh, people that want to, like, uh, argue about the whole mask thing. I'm just not going to argue with somebody that I know I'm not going to change their mind. There's no, there's no point. You know what I mean? I can bring up whatever. Yeah. Nothing I say is going to change their mind. But I don't know if you, it's funny you. Uh, I was gonna say if you want to add, add a, a just real quick. I got one more article um, talking about flights and masks. Uh, Perfect. There's a um, two airlines that are basically saying that they are not gonna require masks for passengers in business and first class. Is uh, Cathay Pacific and Quant uh, and Qatar Airways. Interesting policy, you know. Wait, can you repeat that? Yes. All right, I'll just I'll just go direct text. Uh, Cathay Pacific just joined Qatar Airways in a rare category, at least for now. The two airlines both allow passengers in their flatbed business or first-class seats to lay down for a good night's sleep without a mask on. Yes, whereas everyone else on the plane must keep their mask on for the duration of the flight, passengers up front have been granted a golden new loophole and one with plenty of controversy. So it is the whole elitist attitude that we're always talking about. It's that I, oh, I'm yeah. above you. I don't have to have the same yeah. rules. Well, it, it's just an interesting segue. with the, Now that would piss me off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, hopefully we don't see that in, you know, more domestic airlines, but chances are uh, most of they the, probably would let 
They probably let people in those classes actually slide with, you know, not wearing. I, I fly the Spirit. There is no first class. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, I fly there you with go. the other peasants. All of us peasants fly together <laughs> and go into the gulag. <laughs> We're just in one big tube that's going to drop us oh, off man. at the FEMA camp, man. Well, hopefully not, but. Hey, uh, another great show. Really appreciate always kind of collabing on these. It's a lot of fun kind of building up this community. Yeah, and little by little. And through the madness of uh, current events, you know, of what we're going and through. We, and, hey, <laughs> knock on wood, but we've uh, made it through a few purges. <laughs> yeah, you have too. Yeah. Like, getting up to 10K, yeah. congrats on that again. Like, Yeah, and then I'm just trying to, like, find out ways. to. Uh, we might find other ways. Like, I think maybe next week um, I'm going to try to um, do it on uh, the live on the other page. See if that has any, okay. and see if that has any um, difference. You know, and we'll just keep testing stuff out. Either way, like we always have our stuff on Apple and Spotify. You can check us out. Also, if you want to help support the show, you can go to uh, SeanChris/BandCamp.com and you can uh, check out some of the songs I have up there. And we've got some merch underway. It's uh, still building the website. It takes a little bit of time, but that's the eventual eventual goal that we'll be live streaming either audio or video. Preferably video, but for sure audio on our own platform uh, so we can get our message out without anybody censoring us because that seems to be what's happening. And, um, you know, this killed the Mockingbird. Uh, I'm Sean Chris. It's Sebastian Farr, a.k.a. Seabass, you know. Uh, we appreciate everybody uh, tuning in and go check us out on Spotify and Apple. And uh, you know how we do it. Wake the fuck up or get woke the fuck up. And we're going to um, end out on this note right here with uh, Ricky Diaz. Yeah, he made this post on Instagram. Uh, you showed me this, and this was pretty funny. This is his uh, stand song to uh, Biden. All right, y'all. Wake the fuck up. Get woke the fuck up. But you still ain't calling. We burnt Kenosha and AutoZone at Precinct out in Portland and found 200,000 votes in autumn at 4 in the morning. There probably was a problem at the post office or something. Sometimes we use dead people's addresses when we're voting. But anyways, fuck it, what's the nut, man? How's Kamala? I'm a trans woman in California, so I'm about to be a father. If I have a daughter, guess what I'ma call her? I'ma name a hunter. I read about your buddy Jeffrey too, I'm sorry I had a friend kill himself over some bitch named Hillary Rodham I know you probably hear this every day, but I'm your biggest fan We even switched the balance for you in that Wisconsin scam And we use Act Blue to launder all your illegal Chinese cash I like that 94 Crimes Act too, that shit was fat Anyways, I hope you get this man, hit me back just to chat Truly yours, your biggest fan, BLM Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.